Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am Tushriga, and we got all kinds of stuff going on today. We're going to get to all of it, including the latest coming to us out of New Hampshire. Speculation that maybe the judge is trying to tinker with things. I'm telling you, not going to work, not going to work. This guy is made of Teflon. I'm talking about Donald Trump. We are brought to you, as always, in part by LegacyPMInvestments.com, one 590 I'll tell you, if you're worried about inflation like I clearly have been, you need to call these guys. You need to think about diversification. One of the diversification methods we trust here most is the diversification into gold. Call them. They'll help you out. one 589 Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump for the win in my home state of New Hampshire. I'll tell you this. He's climbing as we speak in the polls, and he's making big promises. He's already moving on to the national stage here. It's kind of a given I think, I think we can safely say that he's going to win New Hampshire, he's going to win South Carolina, he's going to win the whole thing. So he's campaigning, if you listen to his chatter, already while appearing in New Hampshire on a national level. Let's listen in. And we won. With your support, we will soon be taking the oath of office on the steps of the United States Capitol. And we're going to have a whole, we're going to have a whole different country. As soon as I lift my hand from the Bible as your 47th president, I will seal the border, shut down the invasion of millions and millions of people coming into our country, and we will start an energy revolution. We have more than anybody else. Wow. Okay, so getting a big, big applause. That's in Rochester, New Hampshire. I knew New Hampshire very, very well. Born and raised, Granite State. Live for your die right here, Trish Regan, everyone. It's a very interesting kind of state, and it's not always predictable. It is first in the nation. We take it very, very seriously. But we also have this little quirky thing where independents can vote in any of the primaries. And I know there's some people out there that are saying, oh, this is fake news. Take it from a Granite Stater herself. This stuff is real. So a lot of independents... They pride themselves on their independence, and they love it that they can vote in both primaries. So I actually know Democrats, well, let's just call them Democrats, but they're registered independents, and they're going to vote in the election. They're going to vote for Nikki Haley. So I, I preface these poll numbers with just wanting to say that because they're not entirely, entirely representative of really what you're going to see on a national scale. Nonetheless, he's still way ahead. Trump, 10 points ahead right now in New Hampshire. And this is really fascinating to see. This is a poll actually out of the Daily Mail. You can see 10 points ahead in New Hampshire. This was actually just before DeSantis dropped out, which, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's relevant because what you're seeing is he's picking up a lot of those DeSantis votes. DeSantis, remember, was running to the right of Trump, so unlikely that they're going to go for Nikki Haley. A lot of them are coming back to Donald Trump right now, so it'll be really, really interesting to see. I actually think he could probably win by an even bigger margin. And this number is absolutely fascinating to me. MAGA women loving Donald Trump. Take a look at these poll numbers. Again, fresh to us from Daily Mail. MAGA women are going gaga, they say, gaga, for Trump. And, uh, well, they gag at the thought of Nikki Haley, apparently. This is the headline. Donald is 17 points ahead of Nikki among Republican female voters. Isn't that absolutely fascinating? So, again, New Hampshire primary, that is tomorrow. It's a big, big, big deal. And Trump's going to win it. Trump is going to win it. And I'll tell you, I don't know entirely what Nikki Haley's future is at this point because, well, she says she's not going to go for VP. I'll tell you, Trump is out there saying, well, I don't want her. Watch. 
She is not presidential timber. Now, when I say that, that probably means that she's not going to be chosen as the vice president. You, you know, you can Imagine. go. No, you can go. You can go and you can say certain things, you know, I don't like them and blah, blah, blah. And this. But when you say certain things, it sort of takes them out of play, right? I can't say she's not of the timber to be a vice. And then say, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to announce that I've picked. Do you understand? But that's the way it is, okay? Interesting. He's trying to be a little bit magnanimous there. You notice that? And I mean, it's important for him to do because he wants to seem presidential. And he was very nice about Vivek. He's been very, very nice about DeSantis. We'll get to that in a second. But in terms of Nikki, I love that he's using the word timber, of course, in New Hampshire. <laughs> Funny to me. We got, we got lots of timber in New Hampshire. But he's saying, you know what? She doesn't have quite, quite the qualities to be VP. And just keep in mind, I said that, right? That's sort of what he was telling us. And because I said that, that's a nice way of saying, there's no way in H-E-double-L, ladies and gentlemen, this woman is going to be my vice president. Think about who he is and how much he values loyalty. And remember that she actually used to work for him. She was at the UN, right? In the Trump administration. And then you see that she's come out most recently against him. Will he, he take that to heart too hard? I don't know. I just don't see it happening right now with her as VP. I think it's setting the stage for too much of a challenging environment. Listen, you need your VP right by your side, not taking any oxygen out of the room and also not scheming behind your back. And so you want someone you can totally thoroughly trust. Nikki Haley probably is not that person, but I'm telling you this. I'm with Chris Christie. I think she's going to get smoked on the national stage. I think it's going to be really hard. I mean, she's going to go down to South Carolina, her home state, And she's still not going to really perform. I mean, that's not a good look. It's just not a good look. Here's Chris Christie. He was caught on hot mic just a few days ago, also in New Hampshire, talking about what he really thought was going to happen to Nikki Haley and her political future. You know, yeah. Well, when you give land to China and places like that. Yeah, that's what you get. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, she spent 68 million so far just on TV. Spent 68 million so far, 59 million by DeSantis, and we spent 12. Yeah. I mean, who's punching above their weight and who's getting a return on their investment, you know? And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this. Well, Ron DeSantis already got smoked. Speaking of getting smoked, Ron DeSantis, bye bye, Ron. He is out, O U T out. And he gave a little speech about it. I want you to see this because you see how he's pivoting back sort of to Trumpville, but is it, is it going to stick? I, I don't, I, I, I see him maybe sitting the next few years out, except in Florida. I think he's got a good future in Florida. We can talk about it, but first take a look, Ron DeSantis pulling out ahead of New Hampshire. I mean, this is historic guys. Absolutely historic. We're going to know our winner in early March. We know, may know our winner by tomorrow. I, I think we know our winner, but anyway, let's go to it resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic, and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, 
Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley. We're setting the stage here for a division in the Republican Party that so desperately needs to come together. I mean, guys, it's about time. It's one of the reasons why I just look at DeSantis and say, you know what, what was he hoping for? I mean, that was just never going to happen. He was running to the right of Trump, for goodness sakes. And he doesn't have the je ne sais quoi. I mean, he's got the Harvard thing, the Yale thing, too, by the way. He's got all that. But he doesn't have the personality, really, to carry it through. On top of that, he didn't have his own money. And I kind of like it. Right, don't you, when somebody else is providing the funding for the campaign themselves or turning to the people, the people of the United States of America with these small donations, I mean, that grassroots effort is really pretty powerful, pretty legit. And so it's one of the reasons why I just think some of these sort of more bought and paid for seeming people, not that he necessarily is, we don't want to totally ding him. I, I do think he does still have a future, don't get me wrong, in the Republican Party. I just think that this was not his time. So I question, like, why would you run? knowing it's not your time. I mean, Chris Christie, he should have run way back when instead of Mitt Romney. That was his time. He totally blew it. But you also have to recognize, and I think Ted Cruz did this beautifully. Ted Cruz knew, you know what, there's no chance I'm going to be able to go up against the big kahuna. So why even try? All it's going to do is divide the party. And you don't want to be divided right now because you know what, guys? It's us versus Joe Biden and the Democrats. And everything that goes with that, you know what I'm talking about. And so at some point, they're all going to have to come together and coalesce around Donald Trump. And I'd hate to see Nikki Haley out there as a never-Trumper. But she may also think, well, what, what, what's in it for me? And that's, you know, Donald Trump will have to figure that one out. But as you just heard him, he said, well, it's not going to be VP. And listen to this. He's also making a similar comment. He sat down with my former colleague over at Fox, Lawrence Jones, to say that, yeah, it's not going to happen for Ron either. Watch. The possibility, since you say it's water under the bridge, he can be vice president or serve in your cabinet. He hasn't asked for any of those positions, no, I don't yes. think yet. No, he but is there a possible of the joining of forces? Well, it's probably unlikely, but, you know, I have to be honest. It's, everything's a possibility, but I think it's highly unlikely. I have a lot of great people. And I have great people that have been with me right from the beginning. What is your message? Okay, highly unlikely, he says, that Ron DeSantis is going to be it. But we'll see. I mean, it's a little tricky because they're both from Florida. Keep that in mind. It's one of the reasons we talked about Byron Donaldson. He was on the show the other day. You know, I love the guy because he actually understands the economy. He understands finance. He has a background in that. Was a, uh, an asset manager, actually, before he got into politics. And that's a rare and refreshing thing. So Byron Donaldson is someone we've talked about as a potential vice president. Donald Trump saying no on Nikki. Probably not. Unlikely on Ron DeSantis. So who else is out there? A report today also in Daily Mail. I can't believe I'm bringing you so much Daily Mail today, but you know, it's a, it's a good publication. They've got an exclusive. They said that all the people within the inner circle are looking at Vivek and saying that Vivek Ramaswamy, he's really a top runner there for a potential VP. You've also got Tim Scott. Congratulations to Tim. He just got engaged. Congratulations, Tim Scott. Tucker Carlson apparently is up there. We're told that Melania likes him. And Ben Carson tying it number third. This is actually a poll. 
This is a poll from New Hampshire, but again, Vivek is the top choice out of New Hampshire, and I'm hearing internally within circles that people like him there as well. The question then becomes, who's the right fit? Other names that have circulated, Elise Stefanik, you know, she's the Harvard girl who took down the Harvard lady. I don't mean to say girl and lady, both women. There we go. <laughs> anyway, Elise Stefanik, she went to Harvard, and she's a heck of a lot smarter than uh, the woman who was then president of the university, and she really quite, uh, quite wonderfully exposed the extraordinary bias and, frankly, discriminatory nature, if you ask me, of these Ivy League presidents, Claudine Gay from Harvard being one of them. So Elise Stefanik is being talked about, young, out of New York. I mentioned Byron, but again, he's Florida, and there's some rule, you know, you can't have two people from Florida. Carrie Lake has been discussed. I don't think it's going to happen for the same reason I don't think Tucker Carlson's going to happen. So this is interesting. I'm going to share with you a little secret. You see, and I can say this as like a TV person, it's kind of like when you have two big personalities anchoring the same show. Didn't they used to do like a Saturday Night Live skit on that or something, right? You know, you get these two big personalities and it's a lot to handle. Any television producer can tell you this. And so the single anchor method, especially at night, is one that is really adhered to in part because it just keeps everybody sane. Right? You imagine you have these two big personalities and everybody wants all the attention, et cetera, et cetera, and they're sucking all the oxygen out of the room. And it, while Carrie Lake will do a tremendous job, I am sure, campaigning for Donald Trump, while Tucker Carlson is a brave guy and has gone through a lot getting booted out of Fox, uh, another conversation for another time. I know how that feels. Listen, he also is a very big personality. And I think because of that, it's hard for these big personalities to play second fiddle. And it's kind of hard for Donald Trump. Now, I could be wrong. He may decide that Tucker is a good way to go. Carrie hasn't won anything yet, so she's a little bit unproven. Tucker has not been in politics, but, you know, smart guy. And clearly, totally understands the media. Again, though, I, it's a question of given the personality, given the star quality, is it too much in that VP position? Do you want somebody who's a little bit more in the box? And Tim Scott fits that. Ben Carson fits that. Byron Donaldson fits that. Elise Stefanik fits that. Ramaswamy Maybe he doesn't fit that, right? I mean, Ramaswamy, big personality as well. He tells it like it is. It's what I like about him. He's been on this program. I, I noticed him a few years back when he came out with his book on ESG, criticizing it. Vivek Ramaswamy, though, again, big personality. So I could see him as a cabinet member. For sure. For sure. I can see all these people in the cabinet. We shall see. It's going to be an interesting 2024. And my prediction is Donald Trump will win New Hampshire. I want to go to another story before we transition to the Buffalo Bills, because that stuff is good. There is a lot of concern at this moment in time, especially among people within the Trump camp, that, again, the government is in any way, shape, or form that it can trying to interfere with the election. So these allegations are once again surfacing a day before, just hours before people head to the polls in New Hampshire. And the reason for that is because the case that's being tried there in court with Gene Carroll, the defamation case against Donald Trump, well, the judge is apparently, reportedly, we'll see if this is in fact true, uh, at, at this point in time, apparently the, the decision, decision has not been finalized, but Donald Trump has been put on notice that he may have to actually take the stand tomorrow. 
the day of the New Hampshire primary, the day of the first in the nation primary, which is just a little weird, wouldn't you think? Now, again, the, the judge hasn't finalized that, but Donald Trump has been put on notice. Apparently, they could not appear today because one of the jury members was quite ill, as well as Donald Trump's attorney herself, who had been exposed recently to covid And though she tested negative, was not feeling well, and so they decided to postpone it. She did say, well, wait a second, when they talked about tomorrow, maybe tomorrow's not the best day, right? We got the New Hampshire primary coming up. Thank you very much. And the other side, representing Carol, said, well, we'd like to get this over with. We'd like to have it tomorrow. And the judge sort of said, well, stay tuned. We'll see what happens. So we don't know. But you can understand why members of the Trump coalition there feel like once again they're being singled out in a way that's kind of unnecessary because if, in fact, he has to go to court on the day of the primary, it's kind of nuts. Like of all the days that you guys could pick, really, really, kind of nuts. You know what else is kind of nuts? That we have to keep watching Taylor Swift at all these football games. (laughs) So Taylor Swift... You know, she's dating Travis Kelsey, that whole thing. And like the football gurus are like, woohoo, because we finally actually have people watching it. Nobody wanted to watch it because it didn't feel very patriotic after Colin Kaepernick pulled all his little stunts. You know, the whole kneeling thing. So consequently, their ratings were going down, 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 down. And now apparently you get a bunch of 16 year old girls that suddenly care about football because Taylor Swift keeps going to the games. And they keep cutting away to pictures of Taylor Swift. Well, she was not really that welcomed, shall we say, in the frosty town of Buffalo, New York. Buffalo Bills fans, and man, you don't mess with them. They're booing Taylor. Take a look. Oh, actually, this is a different clip. Okay, this this is a good one. (laughs) That's just Buffalo Bills fans being... Mafia. <laughs> this is why you don't mess with them. I mean, it's, it's funny. He's safe. He's safe. Don't try this at home, kids, right? That's the Buffalo Bills Mafia. I saw it together. What? Like, why? Okay, here. They're booing her. They're booing Taylor Swift. Take a step back, please. So she's walking in. She's, you know, big, big game. She's there to see and support her boyfriend, and they're not too happy. But Buffalo Bills fans booing her as she goes in. But like I said, I mean, you don't mess with these guys. Can we see that video? I mean, you don't mess with them, right? This is the Buffalo Bills Mafia, and they do all kinds of crazy things at these games. <laughs> like this. Okay. Repeat after me. We do not do that. We will never do that. We should not ever even laugh at that. And it's all wrong. Yep, it is. It is. But these are just to give you some insight into uh, the the endearing qualities that they have there. Buffalo Bills Mafia. They take their games very seriously and they like to have some fun while they are there. So they're not really crazy about Taylor showing up. The whole nation is kind of like, wait, what is? Wait a second. Like now we got like heartsies going on in football. Did you see Travis Kelsey? Kelsey? Touchdown! Woohoo! Touchdown! Love you, Taylor. Yeah. And they're partying back in the suite. Party every time they could, they, the cameras would cut away to Taylor Swift. And this is 
interesting. You know, nobody's actually talked about this, but I, I credit I credit Drew because Drew, Drew uh, who, who works with me, man, he slowed this thing down. We're going to show you. He found this Bud Light promotional spot. I mean, it has to be promotional, right? Like what else is this? Okay, so take a look. Taylor Swift, that's the cutaway. She's hugging. She's going crazy. She's got Kelsey's brother right behind her. Do you see what he has in his hand? Do you see what the other guy has? Let's go back and take a look really carefully here. Drew's going to like show this. Look at this guy. Let's go back to the beginning. So the shot starts. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it starts. And you see the guy with the sunglasses? Like, why does he need sunglasses? It's not sunny out. It's nighttime. And take a look. All of a sudden, he realizes he's on camera. What happens? He lifts his butt light. He lifts his Bud Light, for goodness sakes, right into the shot. And look who else has a Bud Light right there in the background, in the shot. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I'm going out on a limb here. I don't think that's Chance. I really don't. I think that's the, you know, product placement advertisement. That's why she's going to all the games, for goodness sakes. I'm sure she's getting something out of it. And so Kelsey's brother there without a shirt because they know that's going to go viral. And then the guy, like, look at him. Watch again. So Drew's going to play this. We're going to back up a little bit and just see. Oh, he recognizes. Uh-huh. I'm on camera. And look at how he holds it. He's very carefully making sure that it gets in the shot. I think. What do you guys think? Let me know. I think that was just totally, utterly a deliberate move because rah-rah, Bud Light. The power of Taylor for ratings and for Bud Light. I'm sorry. You know, I just... I think that that company is going to continue to be challenged, even with Kid Rock coming out in support. I still think it is, it's going to be really, really tough. You know, look, the reality is a lot of people now, they just don't like Taylor anymore. She's gotten heavily political. She tried to go up against Marsha Blackburn. She lost that round. I anticipate that she will continue to have a voice, however. We are looking forward to the Super Bowl. Maybe we'll see more Bud Light product placement. But, you know, we are going to hear a new song at the Super Bowl this year. There's a new song that's creating all kinds of controversy because, you see, it's being viewed as the Black National Anthem. It's called Lift Every Voice and Sing. And they're going to play that this year. I guess they're going to do the Star Spangled Banner, too, but they have to play this other one, the special one, because you have to have the, quote, Black National Anthem. I mean, you want to talk about being divisive. You want to talk about trying to push us further and further apart. This is exactly what's happening. It's exactly what they're doing. It all started with Colin Kaepernick. Let's go back to, I think we have some tape of him back from, what, 2017? Taking a knee, proudly taking a knee. So they're singing the National Anthem here. Everybody's standing hand over heart, but, you know, the guy who's making a fortune there that he, he would only get, right, in the United States of America. It is, in part, the wonderful, uh, fortuitous opportunity that you have here where a guy like Gollin has a chance to make a lot of money playing football, and he wasn't even that good a football player, but, you know, he did this, and suddenly he caught on as a national sensation. Well, they've just announced the NFL says they are going to play the Black National Anthem, Lift Every Voice, and Sing, the NAACP noted that this was the Black National Anthem back in the early 1900s. And I just, I get back to this. Do we have to be divided, guys? Like, really, enough already. We've got to move on from this. We really do. Otherwise, I don't think we're going to continue to be the country we have always been if we start labeling everything and everyone, which is what has happened. So football's in trouble. And, um, television's in trouble. I think the country's in trouble. But very interesting. One thing I want to point out is, you know, the game last night, 
it was streamed only. Streamed only. So that was not a network thing. It was on Peacock, and it was on Paramount, and you had to go to Peacock or Paramount. You see, it's all quite interesting. So they've got the, the Taylor Swift there, and she's bringing all her young girls in, young people in, the Swifties, and you've got the whole thing being broadcast on streaming networks. It shows you some of this transition that's going on. I mean, look, I, I think you're going to see more and more of it in the coming years. Disney recognizing that it has to make these transitions as well. Bob Iger saying this. I've played this sound for you before, but I just want you to watch it again really quickly. This is Bob Iger speaking on CNBC last summer at Sun Valley, and he's telling the reporter, David Faber, that, you know what, we're going to basically sell off all those broadcast networks because broadcast is not the future. In fact, it is all streaming. And that being said, Disney really needs to work on its streaming because it's losing a ton of money. But let's watch. Transformative work is dealing with businesses that are no growth businesses and what to do about them, and particularly the linear business, which we are expansive in our thinking about. And we're going to look expansively about opportunities there because clearly it's a business that is going to continue to struggle. Well, let's stop there for a second then and just and let me ask you about it. Um, we're talking, I guess, ABC, the network, the, the stations, but then the cable networks as well. Yes, correct. FX, uh, Nat Geo. Is it possible you would look to sell them? We're going to be expensive. I think if you can, you can interpret what that word means. You know. <laughs> I'll interpret it for you. So that means we're going to, we're going to be expensive. We're going to look to sell them. And uh, the good news is that may mean no more The View. Yeah, ABC is owned by Disney. And I have this whole theory that basically once somebody else comes in and buys it, they're really not going to pony up for Whoopi Goldberg's salary anymore or anyone else's big salary over at The View. So that's the silver lining. You know, we knew streaming was a good thing, right? <laughs> Another company that's been facing some troubles most recently... Shares of Boeing have been getting very much hit, and they're getting hit because we got a bit of a problem going on in America with our planes, a lot of them made by Boeing. The FAA telling airlines today to check panels, to check panels because there's concern that the door panels on these 737s are problematic, just like they were on the 737 MAX 9. Remember that plane where just like the door came off? A child, they were all okay, thank goodness, thank goodness. But a child's shirt was just pulled right off of him and sucked out. And a, a stuffed animal, same thing. I mean, I guess, you know, they're, they're not kidding when they say wear your seatbelt on the airline. I mean, this should not be happening. It should not, ladies and gentlemen. And then you had this video the other day. Did you guys see this? I I played it for oh you last God, week, but I want to watch it again because this is insane. Oh, my God. Sorry. <gasps> it's on fire. Absolutely, positively Mom. insane. The engine's on fire. It's another Boeing. It's one on Miami, and you can see it in the, in the sky. No, it's still doing it. Oh, my it's God. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And then you look at this video. Boeing 737 Max, take a, a look. This is the door thing we were talking about. I mean, a door just comes off and you're in the air. Apparently, they were not flying it to Hawaii because they didn't want to make that big puddle jump. They were just flying it above air because they had had some issues. The warning light had been going off. And you were still flying it? 
I'm sorry, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, a whole lot of questions. And now the FAA is demanding more from Boeing, and they're telling these airlines, you've got to look at these planes. So let's watch the woman who is the National Transport Safety Board head talk about this here. Now our systems group uh, began looking at all the aircraft systems. They documented the entire flight deck, and they asked about the auto pressurization fail light that did illuminate in three previous flights. There was a decision by Alaska Airlines to um, a restriction, actually, they put in place. They called it an ETOPS restriction that uh, prevented that plane uh, from being flown to Hawaii over uh, water. So that... Well, that's good, I guess. But you know what? My question is, where's Pete? Where's Pete Buttigieg? Like, isn't he our, our Secretary of Transportation? Like, shouldn't he actually be out talking about this? Shouldn't he be out in front of this story? Where is he? Where's Mayor Pete? Apparently still celebrating his big birthday? <laughs> a couple of days ago, Joe Biden congratulating him on turning 30. It's a joke. Pete turned 30 today. <laughs> we got my wife is going to ship. We have she has a tradition in her family, five girls and one five sisters. And everybody's birthday, you got to sing happy birthday. So stand up and let's sing happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pete. Happy birthday. Well, no, look. Um, Pete Buttigieg should be out in front of this room right now. He should be all over this right now. He should be focused on this because this is his department. And I haven't seen enough. I'll tell you, I just have not seen enough. I've been searching the news feed saying, where's Pete? Where's Pete? Where's Mayor Pete? This is his beat. This is what he should be on. And yet he's not there. Not there. Ask yourself why, in all seriousness. I mean, I, I realize he wants to have a big political future, and this is not necessarily the, the administration that you want to be out in front of right now. There, there's a lot of reasons for that, obviously, and, and it seems, we'll see what happens, but it, it really does seem like Joe Biden increasingly does not look like he has much of a shot going forward. So I'm sure Pete's like, okay, let me just hide. Let me just hide and like wait for this all to be over. But we got problems going on with the planes, and I do think it is uh, on him. The onus is on the Secretary of Transportation to be out there talking about it and actually demanding more from these airlines because we need to be able to trust them. We need to be able to feel safe. I want to thank you for joining us today. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow. Let's keep an eye on New Hampshire. Of course, New Hampshire being the big day. Great to have you guys here. If you have not already, I always forget to do this. Thank you so much. I mean, Don again in the chats again saying subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Thank you. It's good to see you all. We're here live every single solitary, well, Monday through Friday day and then some. So make sure you subscribe and you hit the bell so that you know when I'm here and we'll continue the discussion. We'll continue watching this very interesting time in America for sure. My prediction, he takes New Hampshire by a storm. We are going to have a historic moment upon us in which the Republican Party will know exactly, exactly who their top of the ticket is very early on. I'll be with you here tomorrow again as we watch New Hampshire. Thanks so much for watching, you guys. Subscribe. See you tomorrow.